It's harvest time. Makes me think it ought to be Thanksgiving. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of August the 24th, 2011. I guess this conversation started when you had all of that winter squash spread out on the counter, and I said, it's too bad we're not looking for the, for the contents for a cornucopia right now. That's right, which, which we do associate with Thanksgiving, uh, which will, of course, occur much later this year, November uh, the 3rd. We know it will be the third Thursday in the month. But I guess this is a creature of our living in the South. If we were in New York or New Jersey or Pennsylvania, Thanksgiving probably would be about the time that you would be bringing in all this stuff. But here in the South, it's already ready. So we're harvesting it. And if we didn't harvest it, the vines would be dying. Yes, some of them. Now, of course, a lot of production I I expect to continue. We still have lima beans doing well. Um, I can see a definite dip in production on the green beans. Uh, still have some peas, good many of those. Um, and, of course, the pumpkins have yet to begin. So maybe they will be ready in time for maybe the real so. Thanksgiving. There is a full grocery sack of peas over there on your bedside More table. More than that, actually. Okay. Grocery sack and a produce basket full of them. So uh, we've just, we are covered over in peas, and we're trying to figure out can we freeze them? Should we can them? Uh, neither one of them's real attractive to us, but we're going to do whatever we can to save them. And of course, we're giving away a lot of them as well, giving away lots of food all over the place. Um, I was glad to take three big baskets of food to the vestry meeting last night and share them with the group there and um, I'm sure we'll be giving away food right along here. I think so. Uh, definitely seeing a dip in production on the cucumbers. We've talked all summer about how crazy prolific they were, and now I'm still seeing them, the fruit, but the fruit doesn't look good. It's not something you'd want to eat, except for the punakira. Yeah, the punakira is still looking good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. So, And I'm not planting, planting to plant any more for fall of that. So, punakira, you know, we'll just... I, I should say, is an Indian cucumber yes. mm-hmm. that, um, among other things, can be eaten without peeling it, which is attractive to us. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Real, real delicate flavor and kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, yeah. a, it's a good, good cucumber. This time of the year, I'm finding the peeling is not as good as it was. The sun, just that hot August sun bearing down on all the cucumbers um, are yellowing the the fruit a good bit more than it was earlier in the year. So um, it's, I'm peeling most of the punakira even, but I agree with you. It has a really nice flavor. And uh, so I'm glad if, if we have one type of cucumber that's hanging on a bit, glad it's that one. Yeah, that's right. And we are planting uh, a big batch of soup today, and we'll mix up a bit another big batch after the weekend because we've run out of containers to put it in, and we won't have those until we head to Montgomery over the weekend. So uh, that's two big batches of soup that are on the near-term horizon, and as we calculate it, they won't make much more than a little dent in the supply of veg that we have available. So. 
Well, and there's some some of the veg that we won't put into soup, like eggplant and uh, winter squash. So those will continue to harvest right along. And actually, most of the winter squash I've already picked, except for um, there's actually one more I forgot to tell you yesterday. One more big, fully developed neck pumpkin out nice. there. Nice. Well, and, that's good. And uh, it was hiding in the in the weeds, which may have protected it. <laughs> well, we had a little unpleasant discovery about our winter squash when we returned from a few days away from the farm. We had it; we had left it spread out on the counter, and you discovered when we got back that it was um, not holding up. Some well. of it, not not all of them. Some of them did hold up well, and some did not. And I was able to salvage a, a bit of that. But the fact of the matter is, this year I'm seeing less. Um, counter whatever I guess uh, ability to survive just out from the refrigerator than I did in the past and I don't know I do have a theory about it one is that I'm having to harvest some of these squash before they're mature Um, you're supposed to wait on winter squash until the vine uh, that attaches to the the fruit is becomes woody that stem becomes a woody stem and I think it kind of seals off the plant or something, or the, I, I'm not sure, seals, seals off, off the, the fruit. fruit. Seals off the fruit. And because of bugs working their way into the skin of that um, squash, uh, I'm having to harvest them early and just hopefully make the best of it. And that leaves them vulnerable. It leaves them vulnerable. Yeah. So, But I have a few of them that I did wait till maturity to harvest, and I think they're going to do a good job for us. Okay. Well, meanwhile, this is the time when we would like to be starting our fall garden. And we can't do it because, first, I guess we didn't start seed for things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and so forth. I know. And I want to just, and last year, I honestly didn't have very good success with seed anyway. So I will buy some plants to put out there for the fall garden. The problem is, finding someone who's selling them as early as I would like to purchase them. Yeah, the, uh, we normally get our plants here in town in Tallahassee, and right now nobody's got plants out there yet. So we're just sort of waiting around for them to uh, sell things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and kale and collards, and when they do, we'll grab them and plant them. Yeah, and there's a couple of other places I'd like to look, so I'm not giving up. Do but, you know where you will plant fall veg now? Have you yes, decided which rows? I have actually planted two tomato plants there. Okay, so you're thinking row nine. Yes. Okay. And then I will have garlic that's that will be shipped to me, I think, in September, and I'll plant that on that row as well. All right. Okay, so, good. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how well it does. I do have a few seeds I'm going to try, put into the ground, carrot and that kind of thing, and see how well it does. But um, because what happened last year... The carrot did nothing, and then over the winter, it somehow I had some carrots by springtime. So I'm I'm willing to give that a, a go again. Okay, fair enough. We'll do that. And I'd love to try some parsnips this year if we can. Well, I have seeds, so yes, we'll try that. All right, fair enough. Uh, we've had another little stumble on progress on the lodge. Uh, the folks who are due to set up our concrete forms. So kind of disappeared on us in an unexpected at an unexpected time, and uh, as a result, we've lost about two weeks here. So um, 
we are promised that that will be remedied by the end of this week. Um, so we hope that we'll be back on track. Yes. Ready to do rough plumbing and rough electrical up there yes. and we are see some ready. progress. That's ready, right. ready. Good. And then you've been working out in the orchard very hard. I have. The, uh, we have arrived at that curious time of year when I no longer want to do any pruning. And when you prune, uh, when you orchard on trellis the way we are, you're basically pruning all year long except for this time of year. Hmm. I don't want to prune right now because it's too close to the first frost. Yeah. don't want to stimulate new growth. So what I've been doing is living with the increasingly ragged appearance of, that, of those trees. Yeah. Um, I've, I guess my... Um, I'm spoiled. I'm accustomed to seeing the trees look nice and neat, and I'm sort of concentrating on getting their skeleton out to the ends of the trellis line, and that means that I've been snipping off any little shoots and suckers that form on those branches. Well, now I've had to stop snipping those. So they look ragged to me. Oh, well, I was thinking about when I said you're working hard out there, what I was noticing is you're going out, not only bush hogging the orchard, but going through with and trimming away some of the uh, weeds that were encroaching on. The yeah, the orchard the looks much more orderly now. You can you can see where the trees are and where the where the orchard floor is and there is a clear line of demarcation, which is good. And that gives the, yes. tra the trees lots of access to sun and um, the airflow that they need. So it's good. Uh, that's what we needed to do. And you've brought in three delicious Papa John figs the other Ooh, day. Oh, boy, those were good, weren't they? Oh, I am sold on we Papa are, John. We are so looking forward to seeing all of our fruit trees mature so that we get good good crops. But those figs are a special case. They are so tasty. Yeah. And then we tasted a muscadine or two already. That's yeah, those were um, uh, Granny Val muscadines mm -hmm. that are uh, self-fruitful, so we use them pretty liberally out on the orchard to be um, to provide fertility to the things like Black Beauty and Supreme, which are not self-fruitful. And so uh, we didn't really know what to expect from the Granny Val, but now we do, and we are pleased. They're delicious, yes. So uh, hopefully we'll have more reports in the future for you about our um, our fruit trees. And we're uh, putting together the list of fruit trees that we will purchase to plant this fall, which is, uh, you know, it's certainly not, nothing on the scale of what we planted this spring where we were really exploding the orchard. Right. Um, the only area that we're really planting a good bit of new fruit trees in is the blueberry strip where we're basically uh, more than doubling the size of the blueberry strip in uh, this fall. So we'll buy a lot of, of trees for that. But the other is like a peach here, a muscadine there, a blackberry here. Uh, we do plan to plant three pomegranates, which will be nice. But uh, So we'll have our hands full, but it won't be quite on the scale of the spring planting. No, not anywhere near that. I'm happy to say, because we'll have our hands full with finishing up the lodge and um, it, about 
little over two months from now, a wedding. So we have lots going on. Yes, we do. Yes. And it's exciting. It is exciting. One of the things that's not exciting is my uh, struggles with website. Um, as many of you know, I have another life in which I am a divorce lawyer, and I have a website called divorceinfo.com. Divorceinfo.com has um, gotten caught up in uh, an issue with its borders and so forth, and it's going to require that I have to rebuild it manually. That's going to take a lot of my time, and so I expect Longleaf Breeze will be um, kind of neglected here for the next couple of weeks while I struggle to get divorceinfo.com whipped back into shape. Well, but you'll get it done. I know it's just too bad to uh, that you have to spend time on that because of some decision that apparently someone made in the... It's partially my fault. It's partially the fact that the platform on which it's built, Microsoft Front Page, is now orphaned. Yes. It's what they call end of life, <laughs> which means screw you users. Exactly. I guess that's that's where I was going with that. Because of someone or some set of folk deciding in their corporate offices that they didn't need to support that right. application anymore. Right. So it's, I'm it's left unfortunate. sort of yeah. out there. Yeah. Well, I've got an entry here on our outline called Where Are the Aphids? Because I am remembering that this time last year, you were reporting to me, and I was witnessing it myself, that the aphids had more or less taken over the peas. The purple hull peas in particular, that's yeah. right. And <clears throat> um, we said, uh, there's not a whole lot we can do, let's just uh, let them go and hope that the ladybugs notice. And you've told me lately that... I am smiling as I tell you that I have lots of lovely ladybugs out there on the peas this year. And we don't see the aphids. I don't see. I do have some bug damage, and I suspect it's stink bug, and there's one other that I see out there that I cannot identify. I actually need to learn to do that. But that I suspect are, you know, every now and then there's a pea that gets damaged. Uh, but compared to the damage from the aphids last year, it's minuscule. And yesterday when I was picking peas, I saw several ladybugs, and some of them were big and vigorous looking and very red. They were just happy out there. So, Oh, that's I, uh, wonderful. Yeah. That is just great because it has ramifications for the next problem we hope that we can get some help from. Yeah, which will not be as simple. And, and maybe we should, before we go on to talk about squash bugs, which is where we're going with this, we should... Um, replay a conversation we had yesterday about the long-term plan um, for our organic garden out there, that long -term, especially the, the veg, which is to, rather than spraying herbicides, uh, I'm sorry, pesticides, well, herbicides too, we don't spray any of those things, but rather than spraying pesticides all over the place and killing beneficials along with, um, hopefully, the pests, um, we have chosen to take the long view, to, to attract beneficials in any way we can. And we think the aphids actually help to attract the ladybugs exactly. to come eat them. And so our, our approach that we are taking is on things like the squash bugs, rather than try to get after them with neem oil or something like that, what we're doing is you're picking them off as best you can in our human way. Yes. 
But basically, we're depending on their predators to find them. Now, with squash bugs, it's not lizards and frogs because they stink. And so well, lizards yeah, and frogs don't tend to eat Lizards them. and frogs, let's clarify that. It's not that the lizards and frogs stink. It's that squash, yeah, squash bugs, bugs stink when they're when... smushed uh, or killed, give off a distinctive, pretty negative, pretty bad odor. And apparently that's their defense mechanism against their predators. And it works great. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it's <laughs> pretty offensive. But the predators for squash bugs are out there. They, are, they tend to be wasps mm-hmm. who lay eggs in their larvae. Yeah. And yeah. once they lay an egg in their larvae, then the squash bug carries this egg around. The egg will hatch. The, the wasp will eat the squash bug from the inside out and then go on and go prey on some other squash Ooh, bug Oh, I'd eggs. love to think of that. Yeah. What doesn't that sound delightful? <laughs> um, so our hope is that rather than panicking about the fact that we have significant squash bug damage, yeah. and significant squash vine borer damage. Rather than panicking about that, we're trying to be patient. As you said, we're taking the long view in hopes that as these pests come on and in some cases reach epidemic proportions, yes. they will attract predators and the predators will keep their numbers under control. And, and that's not the only thing we're doing. We're not going to go with just that one approach. We're also using row covers like we've got row cover on the pumpkins right now to hopefully get them out. So, And hopefully next year I'll plant even earlier to get the plants big and vigorous before they uh, potentially um, might get infect, infested with squash bugs. And then I'll have to do what I did this year, which is handpick them off. Um, but, you know, I think cultural, good cultural practices, good hygiene out in the garden, all of those can help. Trap crops, I mean, you just use as many approaches as you can. To, to deal with the, the problem. But meanwhile, we are going to pause and be thankful that we can see that there are good results from our taking that approach with yes. the peas and the aphids. and I am thankful for that. And I might mention, this is something I'd never seen before. I found, I'm finding squash bugs and their eggs on other plants besides squash. So I want to note that on the podcast so that when we listen to this next year or someone else hears it, um, especially if somebody else hears it who has a similar experience, we'd love to hear about it because I've, I have been harvesting okra that has squash bug eggs on it. Right. I have had, um, I've found two squash bugs apparently mating <laughs> under a piece of newspaper that had fallen off. You know, I used that for mulch and I had just a piece of newspaper on the ground and uh, there were squash bugs under it and I killed them. I found squash bug eggs on pea leaves, on bean leaves. Um, and so, and I've, I've found them on cabbage leaves. Now, these are neighboring rows to where the squash is planted, but I just think it's kind of interesting that I'm seeing this kind of explosion of the squash bugs. So, I think what you're describing qualifies as an epidemic. Absolutely. We've got an epidemic of squash bug damage. So for the benefit of all you wasps out there who are listening, <laughs> just know that uh, Longleaf Breeze has a good supply of squash bugs that you can use and uh, will be good nurturing stock for your young. So we invite you, come, <laughs> please, enjoy our squash bugs. Yep. And uh, we're about out of time, so we will say goodbye here and look forward to visiting with you again next week. 
You've been listening to Long Leaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.